0: podcast welcome to another episode of simply finance uh, my name is Shane I'm your host in today's Wednesday June 3rd 2020 and uh, it's kind of a somber time to say the least uh, I have I've been working hard on lining up a lot of guests uh, and I've only done a few of these one-on-one shorter podcasts recently and I'm I'm gonna try to you know Put a lot more of these out in the coming weeks on top of getting a lot of good guests on. I have a lot of good ones lined up that I'm super pumped about and pumped for all of you to listen to or watch if you're watching me on YouTube. And today I wanted to start off, and I feel like with everything that's been going on, you know, honestly, since I kicked this back off, uh, the coronavirus. Was you know headline news. It's it's not just impacted the stock market and everything financial that we talk about here on the podcast, but it's had a lot of changes to a lot of different things in a lot of our lives. And I think that's you know been one of those topics that's hard to not talk about, especially in the stock market, as so much of what happens in the market over the last couple months has really been directly correlated to um, the coronavirus and just news, um, whether that's just purely, you know, news is about cases going up or down. Um, you know, new things that Trump or Fauci have come out to say, or really just like the financial impacts that a lot of the public companies, um, that we talk about here on simply finance, you know, have been impacted by. And now as we head into June, you know, we're, we're nearing the halfway mark of this year. Obviously it's become a big joke that this year has just become such a shit show on so many levels. And now um, the next thing happened and that's, you know, the murder of of uh, George Floyd in Minneapolis. And before we kick this episode off, I just wanted to do, you know, address it. It's a huge thing going on. I don't want to get on here on my podcast platform and, Um, you know, do a whole podcast about something that's not related to finances. I know, you know, a lot of you here are coming to listen to finance related, um, you know, information. So I just really wanted to say, you know, as a white um, male in his late 20s, this is context and a topic that is extremely hard to talk about. I, it's hard to know where to start and it, it's something that you know I can't fully understand obviously but just want all of you to know and my you know my friends who are directly impacted um, friends colleagues that who might be listening to this um, you know I am going to try to learn more and try to see how I can be involved personally um, and really what I wanted to just say is you know there's a lot of I think there's a lot of positivity coming out of this as, as far as, you know, I think people are really starting to to realize that there's an issue here and we need to change something. But I think, um, above all, uh, it, I'm just sad. Like this whole thing has just made me very sad as a human being. Um, I'm just honestly, I'm at a loss of words. I'm sad. I, I think as a, as human beings in general, We got to figure out a better way to be empathetic. That's something that honestly over the last couple of years has become a central focus of my life is empathy and trying to put myself in other people's shoes to truly understand what they're going through. We need a lot more empathy on all levels, um, you know, across this entire country and obviously around the world. The coronavirus started pointing to that in a lot of ways with, you know, it's starting in China and then this is just the icing on top and, and absolutely a, a a time where we need to learn how to be more empathetic. Uh, we need to figure out how to love each other more, I think is what this all really comes down to, too. We need a lot more love in this world. And yeah, that's, that's really what I wanted to say, just that, you know, I'm acknowledging it. I'm acknowledging that uh, things need to change. I need to learn a lot more about this. It's a sensitive topic, but Um, I would love to get some people on that know a lot more about me. One thing about this platform that I've already realized doing, you know, a little over 40 episodes is just the vast amount of information I'm learning from the guests that I have on here and the research I'm doing myself just to put these episodes out. And this is, this is no different. Uh, This is something that I need to learn a lot more about and I would like to get more involved with. So if anyone has any ideas or things that they could point in my direction, I would love to learn. I'm all about learning these days. So um, I wish all of you who are directly involved, um, you know, I hope things can improve and change. We can actually change some systematic issues that we have. For all of you involved in any of the protests, I, I hope you all stay safe and can peacefully get your word out. And um, we'll see where it goes. I'm hoping for a lot more, like I said, empathy, love, and peace these days. Um, I think we all need it, and things need to change and improve. 2020 has been a hell of a year. So, all right, everybody. On to some finance news. Uh, Today, and again, the markets recently have been hot. Um, They've been bouncing back. Way stronger than I could have imagined. Um, The stock market rebound tracker, which is always in the show notes, um, hits on and it's grown to be quite a portfolio of stocks now. It shows just how much a lot of the stocks that we were looking back at in March and April have blown up. I mean, it's been kind of crazy looking at the market indexes and then a lot of the companies that I've been keeping an eye on as a whole. Um, it recently, my airline stocks, United and American that I added to the Shane index, those have been, uh, on a rocket ship. Uh, and what's going to happen is, uh, I will do another episode this week. So maybe tomorrow, actually, maybe tomorrow would be a good one, depending on what I have time doing tonight and investing in the morning. Um, I am actually going to be putting a lot of the, so the money that I took out that I talked to you guys about when the coronavirus first hit, some of the money that I took out to keep in cash just because of the vast uncertainty, it was definitely a learning lesson for me to not do that uh, again, to be honest. Um, Unless there's a different situation that would, would warrant that. But overall uh, I would not be doing that again. I'm going to be reinvesting it and using a lot of partial shares. So tomorrow's episode, I will walk you guys through what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. Um, Using a platform like Robinhood with the power of partial shares, what that can do, what that can mean for your portfolio, and diversifying, uh, and kind of what I will be talking—basically, uh, it'll be like a Shane Index, um, one hundred one, really like a one hundred two. We already did a one hundred one, so it'll be like a one hundred two to kind of walk you guys through what I'm changing and evolving to help diversify my portfolio. And the point of sharing that is just to make sure you guys know it's available and something that you can use to potentially think about investment opportunities as we continue to feel um, the economy slowly but surely start to reopen. So just to give you guys a little market cap, the markets are about to, are, you know, have just closed here in United States. so I just want to get on and record this and share this with you guys. Uh, the Dow is up 1.7%. The S&P up 1.2. The NASDAQ up 0.76. And the Shane index, really because of the heavyweight in the airlines, like we talked about, uh, is up 4.65% today. So I am outpacing the market, which is fantastic to see. Um, and always love, love seeing that, uh, as you guys know. So the episode today is, I thought this was a fun one. I haven't known, I didn't know a ton about what the, the background and really how these really work. Um, and one of my good buddies had pointed out that a reverse merger was happening with a company that I'm not going to go into great detail, but I'll hit on a little bit today. And so I thought it'd be a fun conversation to have. We, we don't talk about reverse mergers very often, uh, especially in the mergers and acquisitions kind of so, I uh, thought this would be a fun topic. So, like I said, reverse mergers is today's episode. And the, the reverse merger that my friend was telling me about was uh, Nicola and Vector IQ. So, just to give everyone a little bit of a quick background, Nicola is what I would call like the next phase of automotive. So, obviously, probably the first thing that comes to mind when anyone thinks of. Um, industry changing automotive companies is my favorite, uh, Tesla owned by Elon Musk or, you know, not owned by, by Elon, but, uh, ran by Elon Musk. And so Nikola is a, a competitor. They really focus on, um, large trucks. So like semi trucks, uh, today, and they're using a combination of electric and another, another, um, type of power, which is hydrogen power, which is kind of a new thing in the heavy trucking market. And they're kind of pioneering that. There's, you know, another one that would be Vivian, which we don't uh, you know have to go into detail today. But I think that's a fun sector to maybe spend some time on in the future is just the way these few companies who will become major competitors to each other in the coming years, how they're just transforming the automotive landscape in a lot of ways. So that's what we'll talk about today. Nikola is going through a reverse merger with Vector IQ this week, and will be publicly traded on tomorrow. Nikola will be traded tomorrow publicly, so an exciting topic. Um, so, what is a reverse merger? Um, obviously, a normal merger is when two companies uh, come together. Normally, a, a, a you know a vast majority of the time, a regular merger would be when a company comes in and buys a majority stake. So they're either paying cash, they could be using shares or uh, other financial tools to take a majority ownership in another company. Okay, that's a regular merger. A reverse merger is slightly different. So a reverse merger at a really high level is gonna be where a private company will come in and acquire the publicly traded company, and thus they will become publicly traded. So as we had talked about in an episode or a podcast before, um, when it comes to publicly traded companies, most go through the process of an IPO. And if you want to go back and listen to that episode, that is a really fun one where we talk about like what goes into an IPO, um, the due diligence, just the steps and how complicated and expensive going through an IPO is so a reverse merger is a way to kind of get around some of that to be honest you're already when you're reverse merging you're taking a company that's already public and you are just taking over essentially and becoming a public company so that's essentially what it is it's a cheaper quicker and really a faster way for a private company to go public versus going through the normal IPO route So what are the advantages and the disadvantages? So overall, like a reverse merger, the concept is not that um, confusing, uh, especially if you go back and listen to uh, the IPO episode, you'll kind of understand like what it takes to go from a private company to a publicly traded company on the stock market. So that would be a great episode to kind of go back through so I don't have to go through and explain uh, what an IPO is in detail. Um, But really it's a simplified process. So if you remember from an IPO, you uh, usually partner with an investment bank. They have to do a ton of due diligence with the company that wants to go public to really understand their financials, their trajectory, to do a discounted cash flow, which essentially gets you to a value. So how much the company's worth. That's what happens in the IPO process. Then there's a whole component of um, you know getting the company marketed and getting investors excited and kind of pressure testing the stock price that the investment bank Thinks that you should go out at to make sure you're not overvalued or you're not undervalued, and kind of threading the needle to make sure you come out in the market at the exact correct price. And really, valuation is the important part. So it's simplified because you don't have to do all that, right? Um, in a reverse merger, you're really you can do instead of this like a regular IPO can take months, if not a year, to go from start to finish. A reverse merger can take weeks, if not maybe a month, to go from concept to actually being publicly traded, which is pretty crazy. Um, It's also less risky, so um, a good example is WeWork. If you've read anything about WeWork and their decision to go public, they spent a ton of money, a ton of time, and it ended up actually tearing the company apart, uh, at least at the leadership level, and uh, it didn't work. So there's a chance when you go the IPO route, uh, things could go poorly, and you can spend a lot of money and a lot of time, and then things might not ever actually happen, and you might actually not go public. So that's a it, that's one advantage of a reverse merger is you don't have to deal with all that potential cost and time if it's not going to work out. Uh, you're also less dependent on market conditions. So when you're going to launch an IPO, you really, really, as a company that's going from private to public – you want a time frame where the market's doing really well. Uh, if, you know, we're in a bear market and people are not looking to invest a lot of their money and they're, you know, they're more likely to sell than buy, that's not a good time to go public because you are a risky company when you first start off going public usually. And that's not a great condition for a company to try that those waters out is when things aren't doing well. So again, going through the IPO process, it's a, it's t- a total gamble. to know what the markets are gonna look like when you start, if that makes sense. Excuse me. Um, So there's also another advantage of a reverse merger um, is just benefits of being a public company, right? So by going through a reverse merger, you get a lot of the benefits of going public, which is, you know, liquidity. Um, They have the ability to really get in with mergers and acquisitions. there's, also, there's obviously a lot of benefits of becoming a public company, which then is an advantage of going through a reverse merger and becoming public. Um, some disadvantages. The first one that I wrote down, it's not I would say it's not truly a disadvantage. Um, the due diligence required to go through uh, with a reverse merger is a disadvantage. But in reality, if you're going to do <clears throat> the due diligence to go through a reverse merger, that's nothing in comparison to the due diligence that would have to go into an IPO. Um, and really what I mean by due diligence is, you know, the private company really wants to do their due diligence on the public company. You don't want to be a company who ends up, you know, buying, buying, using, using your company to buy the, the public company out and find out there was, you know, hidden issues with the public company that's going to damage your stock that you're not liable for. Uh, and, on the other side, too, right? Like the public company wants to make sure this private company um, is a strong company to partner with so that they can negotiate a good price and um, they can make their money out of the same deal. Uh, another disadvantage is just risky stock being dumped, which essentially just means if you're someone who is owning ownership of the public part of the company, the public company before the reverse merger. And then you go through the reverse merger, this new private company that takes over and becomes public, the risk for them could be that a lot of these, you know, if the public company decided to go agree and go through with the reverse merger, and then as soon as it goes public, a lot of those people decide to sell off. They're like, you know what, I don't want to hold on to this. I don't really believe in this new private company that became us. You could have people dump stock, essentially, and then uh, it becomes a whole bigger issue and can drive the price down. Another one would just be a no demand for shares of, of post merger, so one benefit of an IPO is as you 're going through the IPO process, you know the investment bank is working with you to also hype up the stock right they 're trying to get investors pumped they 're talking about it in the news they 're trying to get you you know trending on all sorts of different platforms, social media news outlets, et cetera you don 't have as much as um, you don 't have that um, they called it like a like a roadshow with an IPO. You don't have that with a reverse merger, right? Because you're not going around trying to um, get investors to buy into it right at IPO. You're just taking over someone else's public company, so the the demand could be lower if the if they don't do a good job of marketing it. And that's obviously easier said than done, but something that um, is definitely a risk. And then, of course, with anybody going public, the biggest disadvantage is now you have a huge regulatory. Um, and compliance burden, which just means like, I was a part of a company that went from private to public. And once you do, you just have to share more information. You're responsible for hitting numbers that you share publicly. Um, you kind of have to move a little slower because honestly, you have to make sure you're, you're making business decisions that align with the general strategy in a way that is acceptable to Wall Street and investors alike. Versus when you're a private company, it's all internally funded, and you guys are running 100 miles an hour and trying to th- have that thing grow as fast as possible. So, I hope that makes sense. That's really the advantages and the disadvantages. So, what's going to end up happening at the end of the day is um, once the reverse mo- merger goes into effect, this Vector IQ, which is a holding company um, that Nicola is um, acquiring. Essentially, Vector IQ has been a holding company. They've been sharing. They've been selling close to ten dollars a share when this before this deal was announced. Um, and really, it's a it's a shell company. So it's a company that was set up and funded, and and basically the whole point was someday to partner with um, a private automotive company exactly like this. And um, so they were trading at ten dollars a share. The stock price is moving way up now because of the deal, which is very common. So it's up to near $30 a share now for Vector IQ today. Um, but what ends up happening is on, on Thursday, uh, Nicola will take ownership. They will buy all of the shares uh, from Vector IQ. Uh, and I think their agreed deal was uh, $10. So if you owe, if you owned one share at $10 of Vector IQ on Thursday, that just automatically flips and turns into one share of nicola So their deal was one-to-one. So they just bought all those shares outright. And then the valuation uh, is based off of the current market price. So it's jumped up to $30 now. So now if you were in if you bought it back when it was, uh, you know, right before it was announced, it was one-to-one. So you owned, you know, a $10 share, it jumped. Uh, and now you own a $30 share, that becomes one-to-one with Nikola. So a little confusing in that regard, but really it'll just be a one-to-one flip as far as in the public market. It becomes Nicola, which is um, the, really the Vector IQ CEO, the guy who was running that holding company. He will be on the board of directors for the new merged company Nikola. The CEO of Nicola will continue to be the CEO of Nikola, and now this publicly traded version of Nikola, which is the merger of, of Nikola and Vector IQ. And that's really it. So it, it's a quick switchover. They buy out the shares. Um, they become public, and the rest will be history. If that makes sense. So instead of going through all the hoops in the regulatory of Going through an IPO, they're just going to do a reverse merger and essentially do a reverse IPO, if you want to think of it that way. So, everybody, I hope that helps. Um, that's it for today's episode. Uh, reverse mergers. Again, hope all of you stay safe and get your voice heard um, in any way that you see fit. Um, you know, in the coming days, I hope everyone really, honestly, safety, love, and let's all have empathy for each other and try to make things a better place for everybody. Again, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you guys have a great day. Good luck in the markets. And um, hopefully tomorrow I'll have an episode up about the newly built Shane Index, which I hope can help a lot of you as you maneuver through this constantly changing financial environment. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thanks again for listening. See ya. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I have two quick notes I wanted to share with you. They're both links in the show notes. The first one is to Robinhood. So Robinhood is the platform that I do all of my trading on. If you are interested and want to start up with a free account, uh, Robinhood always has free trading, no commissions, no fees. Uh, By signing up with my link, you get a free stock, I get a free stock. It's a pretty sweet deal. Second link is for the Stock Market Rebound Tracker Google Sheet that I have given everyone for free. It's going to need a new name soon as we're almost out of the rebound from the coronavirus pandemic. But this is really just a list of the stocks that I'm keeping an eye on as the market bounces back. So if you'd like to click on that, you can get a full list of the stocks I'm keeping an eye on. And hopefully that can help drive some of your investment decisions as well. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.